uh, our scripture reference uh, uh, for today is going to be found in Genesis 1, 27 and 28. Uh, it's going to be our scripture reference uh, that we're going to be reading here just in a moment. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Uh, Genesis 1. Uh, verses 27 and 28. And let's just read it together right now. Hallelujah. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let us pray. Lord, as we come to you today, we thank you and we praise you for this service. We thank you, Lord, for the mighty power of your Spirit that we have felt here thus far. But now, Lord, I'm asking God for your anointing to rest upon me for the next few moments of time. God, that we may deal with some very uh, tough issues, God. Uh, and help us, God, to receive enlightenment. And God, let us get bold as we may stand, God, and speak out on those things in which we need be today. In the name of Jesus, let the church say, Amen, Amen. amen. You can be, be seated. Hallelujah. So on this uh, Sunday, first Sunday in June, I'm going to begin this series of messages that you will not want to miss, not even one of them. For the next few weeks, we're going to be thinking under the heading, The Moral Collapse of America. Our nation is teetering on the edge of disaster and has no way to go but down if we continue on this path void of righteousness and consideration of a holy God and His eternal Word. Hallelujah. We have no other way to go, folks, but down if people keep going down the path that we're going in this country. America has developed a pattern of what I call decency abuse. Decency abuse. What in the world is decency abuse, Brother Samuel? Well, since you ask, I'll tell you. This is because of the rapid abuse of everything decent and godly. Hallelujah. Everything that's decent and godly in this nation is being abused today. America is in trouble. She is sick. This nation was built on a moral and spiritual foundation, and that foundation is collapsing and crumbling before our very eyes. David, in the book of Psalms, put forth a question that should haunt us to our very core. In the book of Psalms, chapter 11, verse 3, he says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Think about that. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Today, we have dysfunctional and fragmented families. Divorce and its effects are at an all-time high. Perversion is everywhere. Hallelujah. 
Now, this is not going to be a shouting message this week, and there won't be for some time, hallelujah. But it's something that we needed to understand, amen, and get down to the basics too. Perversion is everywhere. Hollywood is convincing us that right is now wrong, and wrong is now right. You can read every day in the papers about sexual abuse, physical abuse, murder, drive-by shootings, gay rights, and the list goes on and on. Nothing surprises me any longer. Nothing surprises me any longer. During the course of this series, we will deal with the moral issues which are leading this nation on a terminal path towards destruction. And unless we can turn it around or at least slow it down, the same fate which engulfed Sodom and Gomorrah will soon be knocking at our front door. But let me say this, and I honestly want to say this from my heart. Amen. And in, in, in the areas that I get into, because there's one thing that I don't want to be misunderstood on. God does hate sin, but not the sinner. Hallelujah. Did you hear what I said? God hates sin, but not the sinner. The most famous verse in the entire Bible, I guess, is the one that goes back most of my life that I remember being taught to um, uh, 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 years and years ago when I was a small boy going to Sunday school class. They, uh, there was a brother um, who taught a Sunday school class uh, uh, that I was in there in, in South Nashville, the church my dad pastor, uh, Brother Porter uh, Bennett was his name. And um, I remember that I learned this verse, amen, in his class. It is John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved, what? He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. I'm here to tell you today that if your life is caught up in something that's unrighteous, if it's not like God, if it's caught up in something, hallelujah, God is not intended to condemn you. Hallelujah. The gospel, amen, is not meant to be preached to condemn you. Amen. It's meant to give you the way to be made free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And that, that is so very important. This first part of this series that I'm going to be preaching on, I've entitled this, uh, uh, this message today, Homosexuality Makes Prime Time. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. And if I don't get finished, I'll finish it up next week, hallelujah, because we're going to be talking in these areas for, for a few weeks anyway. Hallelujah. One of the seeds which led to this series was an article that I read this past week concerning a poll that was taken on the change in attitude of the general public in favor of the homosexual and gay lifestyle in America. Uh, those of you uh, who do uh, hook up to Facebook every now and then, you may have noticed a post uh, that I posted this past week that had to do with this uh, poll that was taken. 
And it's really frightening to me. It appears that Hollywood, with its godless and liberal agenda, is one in far more converts than the church is. Amen. It appears that Satan in his side is, is winning more converts than what we are. A study conducted by the Pew Research Center. Now, this is a research center that has to do, amen, with uh, 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 a lot of church issues and things. The Pew Research Center showed, listen to this now, uh, that a majority of Americans find homosexuality acceptable, and they say it in, said in the survey that society shouldn't discourage it. A majority in America. You know how much percentage? 58% of people who were polled. The poll results says young adults, these are young people from 25 and under, are particularly supportive of society's acceptance of homosexuality. The younger generation has 69% who says that it's acceptable and that society shouldn't discourage it. While 52% of those 50 and over favorite. Other studies show that 45% of Americans favor allowing gays and lesbians to marry with 46 opposed. Only 35% of Americans says homosexuals raising children is bad for society. 48% says it doesn't make a difference either way. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the moral decline of America. I'm talking about something that's so severe and, and, and dangerous. We're talking about more than just a white, little white lie that people tell or doing this or doing, doing that. We're talking about the thing that Jesus prophesied while He was on this earth that you could look out for to be one of the major signs of His second coming. He said, as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, Come on. So shall it be in the day of the Son of Man. Hallelujah. There never has been a time like this. Now, here a few weeks ago when I preached on the ensuing time of trouble, we talked about natural disasters and political disasters and all that. But now we're talking about the spiritual Amen. Health of this people. I'm going to tell you something, folks. The spiritual health of America is on life support. Have you ever been in a hospital in intensive care on somebody that's on a breathing machine? Amen. And they had to have that breathing machine to live. How did I, I'm going to tell you something, folks. The spiritual condition of the United States is on life support. Amen. She is dying. She's going out. Amen. While many people in the church refuse to take a stand against what is right and what is wrong. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach it anyway. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to talk about, first of all, God's divine plan and order. God's divine plan and order. This world and the universe in which it dwells was all designed and created for the glory of the Creator, not the created. 
Hallelujah. There's a song we used to sing a lot. I was born to serve the Lord. Amen. My hands were made to help my neighbor. My eyes were made to read God's Word. My feet were made to walk in His footsteps. My body is a temple of the Lord. Hallelujah. I was made in His likeness, created in His image. Yes, I was born to serve God. Hallelujah. Serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything in this world, folks, was designed for the glory of God. Not your glory and not my glory. Hallelujah. God had a divine plan and order for the proper functioning and operation of all life on the planet. When He created mankind, now I'm going to get down to some brass tacks uh, uh, this afternoon. When He created mankind, He designed male and female. Hallelujah. He made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Hello, somebody. When He created, He designed male and female primarily for three basic things. Other things you can branch off into. But there was three major things that God created male and female the species for. Number one, companionship. Number two, sexual compatibility. And number three, procreation. Now I want you to notice the thoughts of God on this thing before He created Eve. In Genesis 2 and 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. He said, It is not good that man should be alone. That was one of the thoughts of God the Creator before He created Eve. That right there is speaking of companionship. When he said it's not good that man should be alone. Hallelujah. Amen. He created Eve so Adam would not be alone. Now, now I'm going to be talking about marriage and, uh, and, uh, and remarriage and adultery and things like that a little bit later on. But let me stop and let me interject this right here and now. Hallelujah. When the day comes in your particular marriage... Husband, that your wife is not your best friend, your marriage is headed for trouble. When the day comes, wife, that your husband is not your best friend, there's going to be trouble down the road for your marriage. Hallelujah. Amen. Your, the husband and wife should be the very best friends. When you begin to have problems at home and in the marriage, it's when the man is always working all day and then staying all night with the boys. I'm going to tell you something. Don't never nothing good out of a group of men when they come together. If they ain't coming together to worship and to pray, there's going to be other things coming up that they shouldn't be talking about. Hallelujah. And vice versa, amen, with the ladies. Glory to God. Amen. Your husband and wife ought to be your best friend. Hallelujah. You should be friends long before you become lovers. Amen. That is a principle that's being unsaid and undone today. 
God said it is not good that the man should be alone. Why didn't God just create another man? So Adam and, and Steve can just go buddy around. Go to happy hour together and all that kind of stuff. Go hunting and fishing together. Huh? Because God knew that that would not fulfill the need of the man. Hallelujah. God created male and female for companionship. He said it's not good that man should be alone. And then the second thing, here's another thought in Genesis 2 and uh, and 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife. That phrase, joined to his wife, is of particular interest. If you go back and you look at the Hebrew, uh, the meaning of it, they shall become one flesh. God created male and female for sexual compatibility. Now, I don't have the time to get off in all the things that that has, has to do with, but when, when the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he talked about how that men, amen, should, uh, should shun, amen, going and, and fooling with the prostitutes and harlots. He said, he said, especially once you become a child of God and, and you're, and, and you're a man of God, he said, cause don't you understand that when you, if you join yourself to a harlot, then you're joining Christ to a harlot because Christ is in you. And he, this phrase about being joined together and the two being become one flesh has to do, according to the original Hebrew, sexual compatibility. Hallelujah. And then the last one, Genesis chapter 1, verse uh, 28. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. God created male and female for procreation. Hallelujah. If God had created Adam and Steve, Cain and Abel never would have been around. Hello? Amen. I know that we have scientists today have gotten, and, they, and they've come a long way, and they can do a whole, a whole lot of things, but I'm going to tell you something. All these other stuff that they're coming up with is intended to get around the order and the plan of God. Hallelujah. This idea of male and female of the species was God's plan and purpose. The liberal news mediator... And, and follow me close here. I, and I'm doing just as much teaching today as I am preaching. The liberal news media, Hollywood, and certain political proponents, along with the gay and lesbian special interest groups, want the American public to believe this is about gay rights and freedom. That's what they keep harping. It's all about, they say, gay rights and gay freedom. But I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm standing on record today and I'm telling you that that is an outright lie. It has nothing to do with gay rights and their freedom. This whole issue is about defiance, rebellion, and blatant disregard of God's divine plan and order. Hallelujah. That's what homosexuality is about. Deep down in the spirit of a man and a woman who decide to go that route, there is defiance, rebellion, and blatant disregard for God's plan and order. They ain't thinking nothing about their rights and their freedom. Hallelujah. 
It's about people rejecting the authority of the Word of God in order to appease, listen to me close, to appease the lower degrading cravings and appetites of our sinful human flesh. Hallelujah. These are things that we like to keep secret. We don't want to talk about no more, especially since we go, uh, started going to church and all that. But I'm going to tell you what, the old man and the old woman is still with you. I don't care how long you've been in church. And you still have to deal with the flesh. Hallelujah. Amen. This has happened because of man's refusal to honor God as God and bow in subjection to Him. That's what it's all about. It's, all, it's a spirit, folks. It's a spirit. It's a spirit of rebellion against the plan and the order of God. Not only, not only this issue that I'm talking about today, uh, uh, the, uh, the gay and the, and the lesbian, all that issue, but all of this stuff, uh, like, like adultery. Uh, there was, years ago, a wife took out and did things and went, went places that she shouldn't go. She wound up in the hospital, broke, broke down, broke down. And there was a pastor, a pastor man that I know, uh, matter of fact, walked into the hospital room to, 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 uh, to see her, check on her. And he told me, he said, when he walked in the room, she had a piece of paper and a pencil. And over and over on that piece of paper, she was writing one word. And that word was rebellion. 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 Now, I'm going to tell you something. This stuff, all of it together, is about a spirit that's covering the land today. Trying to take people and hold and in bondage and get people to rebel against what they know is right. Rebel against what they have been taught. Rebel against what God's Word says. It's more about rebellion and defiance than it is anything else. Hallelujah. I want to give you some scriptures in Romans chapter 1. Verses 21, and I'm going to read these scriptures out of the God's Word translation because this translation really brings some of them, these things out. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 25. It says, They knew God, but they did not praise and thank Him for being God. Instead, their thoughts were pointless and their misguided minds were plunged into darkness. While claiming to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for statues that looked like mortal humans, birds, animals, and snakes. Verse 24, For this reason God allowed their lust to control them, as a result, they dishonored their bodies by sexual perversion with each other. These people have exchanged God's truth for a lie, so they have become ungodly and serve what is the created rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. 
Amen. Hallelujah. They knew God. He said, but they didn't give Him glory as being God. And trying to claim to become wise, He said, they become fools. So God turns them over to their own lust. The where they begin, uh, this reason God allowed their lust to control them. As a result, they dishonor their bodies by sexual perversion with each other. Church, this is a spirit that is wrapping the nations. Hallelujah. We got, we got people in the apostolic movement that's been affected by this spirit. Like you could never believe. I'm, I'm looking through uh, a song book to see if I can find something. I want to, I want to share uh, uh, with you. It's, it's everywhere. It ain't just in one segment or one denomination or anything. Um, just give me a moment. I, I just I, I want to read this. This man was one of the most famous gospel writers in our generation. He penned words such as this. When I first heard of Jesus, His love and His grace, my heart was overwhelmed to think a king would take my place. I cried, Lord, I'll go with you every step of the way. That's all I can do. My debt to repay I love Him too much to fail Him now. Too much to break my vow. I promised the Lord that I would make it somehow. And now I love Him too much to fail Him now. A few years after the writing of that song and many others like it, he got some beautiful songs. He was disgraced and brought to shame because he found out that he had the spirit to hold to him. And even though he was a married man, yet he was having affairs with other men. For several years. Folks, this is a destructive spirit. It's a spirit that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for. And why I'm preaching this and teaching this message to you today is for the fact the pathway that America is going, this moral uh, and spiritual decline of America, if God does not bring judgment on us 
on the day of judgment, he will have to tell the people in Sodom and Gomorrah that he was sorry. He'd have to apologize to them if he's a just God. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something. A lot of the stuff that we're experiencing right now is judgment. Hallelujah. A lot of the things that's going on right now that we ain't seen happen before on the magnitude that we're having is judgment. It's already begun. Let me talk a little bit, and I'm going to, I'm going to close. I'm going to talk about the second part, from the closet to prime time. I've got to get to this before that I close for today. From the closet to prime time. It's amazing how much of the moral walls of this nation have collapsed in such a short period of time. It seems like only yesterday when I first heard the phrase, coming out of the closet. Amen. It seems like it was only yesterday that you first heard that. And come out, they have. Even the U.S. military has fallen prey to the ploys and the plots of the politically correct agenda, which eats like a cancer at the moral fabric of this nation. I heard on the news just 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 this week how that uh, uh, many of them and uh, are, are trying to talk and intervene to keep our American uh, uh, our American armed forces, amen, from implementing and going to this area that they um, for their exception. They said they're going to be a number of high-ranking officers and um, and chaplains and all branches of the service will be forced to retire. Because they could not serve as chaplain uh, under the condition, conditions that they're fixing to have to start serving under. Now, I'm going to tell you what, folks. That is, that is, that that's. I don't know. Uh, I can't begin to imagine. But how? Let me ask you a question. How has it been able to change the opinions of so many in short a time? How has people who back this stuff and support this kind of stuff, how have they changed the opinions of the American people so quickly uh, as the statistics that I read to you at the beginning of this message? Well, I'm going to tell you. Media. Media, plain and simple. The media. Now, I know there are bound to be some even here that believe preachers such as myself I know that there are a lot of people who believe that preachers go off the deep edge when speaking of the evils that we allow in our homes by means of television. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. Some of these programs that you think is innocent is not that in, are not that innocent. Hallelujah. The fact is, and listen to this closed. The fact is that you listen to twice or even three times as much through various sources of media every week than what you hear from your pastor. You hear from your pastor between 30 to 45 minutes uh, uh, every week. I'm going to tell you what, you are bombarded by a whole lot more throughout the course of the week. Amen. It, it, it completely drowns and overwhelms what is being preached and taught from the pulpits. And even the pulpits are still preaching and teaching it. Amen. Hallelujah. 
and far more so your children. And these things we accept as entertainment. They're not as innocent as you think, folks. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I, I'm here to tell you right now. I, I, you know, I mean, I'm like, not like, you know, there, there are some that, I mean, that preach strongly against it. I know, I, I know some, uh, some uh, 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 church organizations, I know some pastors won't allow nobody on their staff, elders, deacons, or nobody, if they even have a television in their home. I can, I, I can give you the names of many. And we don't, we don't go that route around here because, I, you know, I believe that God gave us all a little common sense. And you ought to have uh, not just the Spirit of God, but you ought to have common enough sense to know, well, when it's time to put, touch that button and turn on something else. Amen? Right. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. A lot of these programs that you think is innocent is not so very innocent. They're even putting stuff in children's programs and in cartoons that kids are watching that is putting in their minds that some of these lifestyles is okay. Saturday mornings, you can see them. Hallelujah. These things we accept as entertainment. Let me, let me uh, talk to you some more. Uh, some things that I'm, uh, a man by the name of Scott Siomim, I'm not pronouncing his name correctly, I know, but he is the entertainment media director. That's a big, sound like a big title, right? You think, well, you know, he, maybe, maybe he's over, uh, uh, CBS or NBC or something like that. The entertainment media director? No. He is the entertainment media director of the Gay and Lesbian Alliance. And he made a comment just recently that the way the gays and lesbians are perceived in this nation is significantly shaped by television. It's important that we continue to portray gays and lesbians on our TV programs and in the sitcoms and all these things, we need to portray them as being victims and portray them as being uh, a, a good, a bit a good, good thing. He says, this is important in shaping the course of this nation. Now, they've been working behind the scenes to do this for a long time, folks. This thing didn't happen. Uh, last night. It's been going on for a long time. No wonder, and I'll title this message, uh, Homosexuality Goes Prime Time. No wonder homosexuality has gone prime time. No wonder prime time television is portraying gays as victims, not as aggressive challengers. No wonder prime time works so hard to make good, uh, gays look so good like the shows such as, and give you an example, Will and Grace. Where homosexuals are portrayed as the most normal, stable people in America. Hallelujah. You get to watching some of these things, and you know they're, 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 they're in more and more TV programming all the time. Darling looked at me the other night. She said, you know what? The day is going to come that we're going to have to literally turn off the TV for good. There ain't but a few shows that I watch now. Very few. 
Hallelujah. Because they're getting to be in every television program. And you know what? If you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. And there are certain principles and there are certain convictions that I have in my life that has nothing to do with me being a preacher or being a pastor, but just being as a child of God, as, 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 as the, being uh, uh, the husband and, and, the, and, and over the spiritual leader of my family, Brother Paul, there are certain things that will not go on and be heard in my home. Hallelujah. Amen. We, as we sit in our living rooms, we're being entertained, and we're laughing right along with all these sitcoms that are written and directed to get in your mind and reshape your thoughts, and more dangerously, the thoughts of your children and your grandchildren. Amen. You better take the time, amen, to know what your children are watching. Hallelujah. No parent or grandparent should even allow a young child with a TV in their own room or a computer in their own room. Amen. You ought to have been here on a Wednesday night a few weeks ago and talked to the, listen to the detective from Metro Nashville come here talking a little bit about that. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, but we'll, we'll, no, we'll, 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 we got the money today. We got the ability. So if the, the uh, little Johnny wants this or little Susie wants this, we give them all this and we put them in that room and we don't supervise. Amen. What the hoot? Then 20 years from now, we are crying and snubbing. Well, I tried to bring them up in the way they should go. No, you didn't. You remember those days you left them alone in that room with that stuff? Don't lie to the church and yourself and God 20 years later when you didn't do what you should have done. Whoop, whoop, whoop. It's the truth anyhow. We'll say it now. Isaiah. Chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. We're living in that day, church. Hallelujah. They're calling evil good and good evil. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Man, I looking at the time. It's oh God, hallelujah! I I, I got to press this just a few more minutes. Um, the compromise in the Christian ranks. I guess it's most difficult for me to understand in all the in all this is a compromise in many religious circles, accepting the flow of the tide and giving in, as it were, to the agenda to the left. Today. There are Methodist ministers performing lesbian wedding ceremonies in defiance of church rules. Episcopalians are openly ordaining homosexuals as bishops. You've been hearing about that stuff, or you should have on news. There's been a big split in the, in the church. And don't think that even the mainline denominations, such as the Baptists, are, are squeaky clean anymore. There's a 250-member Baptist church, Glendale Baptist Church, and that's the one that's right here in Nashville, in South Nashville. Glendale Baptist Church, right here in Nashville, has a lesbian for an associate pastor. 
And that's just one of many. It's all around us, being closed in on us. And we've been forced and we've been told from every direction there's nothing wrong with it. It's okay that the Bible doesn't speak against it. All my, all my answer to that is somebody's not reading the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ministers across this nation are being pressured by threats of having tax-exempt status removed, along with fines and jail times and lawsuits because sermons being now labeled hate speech. If you don't compromise and quit calling homosexuality sin, you will be silenced to be the, uh, seems to be the growing sentiment among many judges and government officials. But my answer to the body of Christ and to the church will be the last scripture I'll read, and I will close on that. I'm not finished by a long shot, but I will close. Matthew 5, 13 and 14, the words of Jesus, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill. Cannot be hidden. Church, you were called to be salt and light. We were called to be a difference and a voice for righteousness in this world. Hallelujah. Now, I started this message by telling you that God hates the sin, not the sinner. And those caught up in homosexuality is no worse than what's uh, if, 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 if a man gets out here and running around with another man's wife, it's just the same thing in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Sin is sin. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you're out here judging and condemning people that's caught up in this spirit of homosexuality, but yet you're out here doing some of these other things, you're, the Bible says you're, you're, as, you're as guilty in God's sight. Hallelujah. You judging other people when you need to begin to sweep around your own door. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. There's no difference in that spirit. It all has to do with defiance and rebellion. It's what I told you a while ago. Hallelujah. God loves these people. He wants to see them saved. I want to see them saved. And the church has to be a place of openness and repentance. But in our openness and in the repentance, we cannot shun from speaking the truth. Hallelujah. I'm living, I'm living under the thoughts and thinking that the day might come that you might see some fellows come in with suits on sitting in the back of the church and as this fellow's preaching come up, amen, and, uh, uh, and take the microphone out of my hand, put the handcuffs on and lead me out. But I'm going to tell you something. God called me to preach the Word. And the Word is what I'm going to preach. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul spent most of his time in jail. That's where he wrote most of the New Testament. 
And we're coming to that in this nation. It's already happened in some circles. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. I can't take down. I can't take down. I know sometimes pastor seems hard. But everything I ever tell you behind this desk, I tell you because I love you. And I know this. When I, when I stand before my judge, I got enough to answer for Sammy Pruitt. I can't have nobody else's blood on my hands. I'm not going to risk you standing up beside me on judgment day and say, Pastor, why did you tell me this? I want to have everybody love me. But even if it means people turning against me and saying, I hate that man, I'm still going to tell you what the book says. If it's in the book, I'm going to declare it. Hallelujah. I'm going to declare it from the housetop. Because this is about souls. That's what it's all about. It's about souls. Let's stand together.